0: This is Space Cat's Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 189, The Mahawked Gene Sorcerer's Introduction. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Oh Hunter, we have to start the show off with a somber tone this week. We, we Why tr- a somber tone. We got in Why? trouble again. we have to talk. Why we have oh, to have yeah. a real okay. conversation with everyone. I forgot we're doing a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an important conversation we all need to have. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hunter and I it's have, not a fun show, okay? Hunter and I have been sorry a lot recently. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of f- we got a lot of flack and a lot of feedback <laughs> this week about how sorry we've been routinely. Uh so we just we wanted to take a minute here at the top of the we show. Said- <laughs> to apologize uh for how sorry we've been i'm uh,
1: so sorry that we've been so sorry if i could go back to the episodes that came out yeah. last week and the yeah and the week before and just delete those then i would yeah. but yeah. i i can't for some reason <laughs> i'm not <laughs> sure why but i i just can't I don't do have it.
0: control over- no we're 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 just you know we're just trying to do everything we can right we just we're just trying to we just want you to like us I,
1: I I don't I don't care if you like us you you can like us if you want you cannot like us if you want I I, I think I've personally let the haters have a little too now I'm doing a real apology no I'm not doing that the, yeah. this is an apology bit who cares right uh how have you been
0: Matt I've been pretty good this has been a weird week uh in episode we did two like weird episodes back to back and one of them wasn't even in the right timing so it's just been like a kind of crazy week that was turned on its head and and so we were gonna maybe do also i, I would like to talk about this for just a second like literally not very long at all but yes uh, there's been a lot of talk in the community about etiquette uh, there was a big reddit thread and everyone's right. chiming in and there's all kinds of stuff and and it's it's like a ridiculously nuanced topic that like we're not going to solve. We debated doing even an episode. We were like, oh, we can punt Mahawk's Guide one more week. Hunter can keep working on it and keep playing this faction he hates. Here's
1: the thing. I don't want to work on exactly. it anymore. That, <laughs> we're done. We're actually thing, done. We, <laughs> we could we could keep kicking it along or I could move on with
0: my life. And we're doing that today. I am yep. moving forward into the future. <laughs> so, yeah, we. I, I don't know. Maybe there's room somewhere down the line for like an etiquette episode. And really what I want to do, I want to have like a win making round table, but that's also a completely separate topic. But I I do want to talk for just a second about um, this game is super weird. And literally it like is a socio-political like uh, role-playing game in a a way. Like you you have to take on roles of, of doing really weird politicking. And and we talk about things like Hollywooding uh, and, and there's, there's a lot of crazy tactics that, We generally have to kind of say, well, that is a viable tactic in your game. That might be part of your strategy to say, if you attack me, I'll throw everything at you and kill you. Yeah. Mutually assured destruction. And and, and so it's impossible to say exactly at what point a person has crossed the line and you can't really make hard and fast rules of this type of gameplay is not okay, and this one isn't um, because it, it comes down to your group. So I think uh we just want to and and this feeds also into the sorry for being sorry thing of like I think we have to accept on a on a larger scale that like a lot of us think about this game differently from each other and and that that is okay and when we play the game with people that think differently from us we should probably take those differences into account a little bit more maybe on the front end or maybe as it's happening and how we deal with conflicts and it's like a whole that's like a whole mess right and i'm not i'm not a conflict negotiator and i don't know i don't know the tactics to deal with that so my advice is useless to you but i do think there's value in uh taking time to uh work out resolve conflicts with people that you're at the table with when we play on tts it's a mess and we aren't getting the things that we get in irl
1: um i've got i hey, hey i've got a suggestion here so next time you're at the table and somebody gets super upset maybe they throw a chair or break a chair or something like that
0: what a weird um that's just a
1: possible thing that could
0: happen that i've heard about uh-huh um, why that not sounds re- that's i, I want to say hunter that sounds really toxic and my, my advice would be to not play with that person ever again. Sounds pretty funny to me. Um, so uh, I think you look
1: at them and they're at the height of their thing and you just give them one good old-fashioned buoy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so maybe that's my suggestion. If I'm, try- I'm trying to bring something into this, uh, just give them one good buoy. And yeah. if you're Matt you don't know how B- a baba Booey works so you give him a baba boo yeah, a baba, hey, a baba, baba boo hey baba boo a baba boo a baba Booey. it's all it's all we're all baba Booey's children yeah. okay
0: so it it, wor- it works however you want to do it yeah and at the end of the day you don't have to like playing twilight imperium with everyone uh and you you can stop i one thing i would love to normalize is uh people deciding to just go ahead and end a game just like hey you know what on tts Um, And this is all happening a lot more recently because of the pandemic, right? We are all kind of forced to play this game on TTS uh, until just now. Recently, things are people are getting vaccinated and and hopefully now we're going to start to get to have actual uh, in-person relationships uh, with people again. And and we can play TI above the table and we won't feel this stuff as much. But right now we're having to play with lots more strangers than we used to. And yeah, you don't you don't have to like everybody. You should be nice to everybody, though. So when you're freaking out at a table like Maybe keep that part in mind. Like, don't, don't overdo how much you freak out. And if you are freaking out, everybody else should, like, not overdo how much they respond to that, maybe. And, like, we can all find kind of a way to either just pull ourselves from that situation or maybe, maybe we can solve it. The only other thing to say is if it's happening on the Tabletop Simulator Discord, there are moderators there. Uh, there's a lot of moderators there. There's a lot of care. people you can reach out to, and they care a lot about this stuff. So please, if you're having a problem on the TTS Discord, hit up somebody. Um, and if the first response, I'll, I'll be totally frank with you, if the first response, you don't get the response you want, hit up another moderator. Find, find one more. And if by, if by the second moderator, you're not getting the response you, you like, then okay, may, maybe you don't like the TTS Discord community, and, and you should walk away. But I wouldn't let a single bad game uh lets you steer you away from the possibility of having fun online with ti um but if that experience is compounded by like a bad solution then then whatever it's not for you and 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 that's fine
1: and obviously if you're on the space cats peace turtles discord and you have some problem with somebody you can hit matt up and he'll take care of that
0: um don't talk to hunter (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh well, no, We just all have our jobs, you know. I'm like the Baba Booey guy, and Matt is the one. If there's like a problem with like interpersonal stuff with people, then he, he will deal with that. Um, but I, yeah, and I, I've got a couple ideas uh, for how to make uh, TI uh, a more friendly place. I think that uh, people should dress up more, and yep. that there should be more specific uh, dress attire for it. I actually, no, you know what? I, I'm making it sound like it should be formal. I'm thinking, what about this? beach attire yeah. for ti okay i, I would you're love wearing beach your bum ti game irl our, yeah. next,
0: our next stream is gonna be beach bums only beach
1: bum themed yeah someday we'll be back in the same room actually i think it's coming yeah. it's coming fast yeah um where we will be back in the same room playing twilight imperium dressed in beach bum gear and you'll get a lot of baba buoys and a yep. lot of fun yeah I can't, I can't believe Baba Booey has become a, a I, I'm sure some we people only listen. from the
0: Howard Ster- It's now ours. It's now more popular with us than it is. It's more a, a, an us thing.
1: And people that only listen to the podcast are like, this Baba Booey thing just started now. How, why is Matt, t- or why is Hunter? Whoa, I just got confused as to who it's, I it's was. So, Hunter,
0: it's so hard because our voices sounds pretty similar, you know. So- <laughs> I get it. No, I I I'm right there the with you. Sometimes I'm do like, to am me? I Hunter? <laughs> do I have a daughter? <laughs> Anyways,
1: it's been a thing on the, the tournament games. You got to check out those tournament games, all right? They're happening every weekend. And at this point, they're more vital than the show. They're the main part, yeah. okay? The show's secondary to the tournament streams happening every single weekend. So please check those out on our Twitch and on Flat Tomatoes uh, Twitch every weekend, all weekend, Woo! different times. The schedule's
0: hard to do, okay? It's a lot. It's usually Fridays or and definitely Saturdays and then also definitely Sundays. And those, and if are, the, you like, and those if, are the days. If you're only
1: a fan of me, which that'd be cool. If there was like a portion of the audience, that like weird kind of just hunter stands, uh-huh. um, and let me know. Shout shout it out. Tell me where you are. I want to start organizing you all. <laughs> um, I do the Sunday games, so yeah. if you're if you're a hunter stand, uh, Sunday's my day. Matt is a Friday, sometimes Saturday boy. Yeah,
0: and what's fun about my games is I haven't had co-commentators uh, really yet. Uh, And instead, uh, my my co-commentator is my own personal descent into madness over the course of the game while I try to entertain myself. Uh, Yeah. That's been really fun. So please come hang out with us. And of course, uh, Flat and Duke Lucum are streaming early, early They do like real commentary. They They do like like, real commentary and they'll have like patience on. And that's like the serious show. That's like the good one where you get like good insights. And it's like European players. So they're also all better. So... You, yeah, there's something for everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every weekend yeah
1: yeah doofus there's a doofus stream uh and then there's a smart people stream yeah. and of course we don't do the smart people stream that's not us
0: speaking of not being smart uh today we have a guide for you we're gonna teach you how to play something we're gonna tell you how mahawked gene sorcerers work yeah yeah let me do a little
1: table setting so i i wrote this one uh and i played a lot of mahawk in order to write this guide i did not win any games i came close so not a horrible experience but they did kind of start to drive me nuts get on my nerves a little bit it feels good to
0: be finished playing them if you were Um, around when i was working on the base game xcha guide i would say this is an incredibly comparable situation where Hunter, you routinely beat your head against Mahakt as if there was a puzzle you could solve here. Yeah, and it frustrated you to no end that the solution never fully presented itself.
1: Yeah. So my thesis here is that Mahakt is a list, a uh, is a a faction that has a, a lot of good abilities, some of them very strong abilities, um, but what it all adds up to as a whole is not super compatible with my playstyle. So what am I trying to do? Talk you out to listen to this episode? No, I think that the ideas here make sense and are good and will help you. But it but I don't think that I am the right type of player for Mahawk. Yeah. So I did not necessarily enjoy the games as much. Yeah. And also I did not do super well in the games that I played. And, How do and I to be fair to you, that
0: I didn't do, but sure. whatever. To, to be fair to you, we haven't seen Mahawk do especially well in the tournament either. So you are not yeah. alone. Now none of this is to say that there aren't good Mahawk players out there that do win as Mahawk, but they're hard. There's a lot of there's like a lot of hardcore people that are like we love Mahawk. I'm so right. into Mahawk right now and I can already feel that they will I mean hopefully they'll they'll hear the points we make today and are like, "No, that all that all checks out." Um but there there will probably be some stuff of you underplayed how much I love this thing because it actually can do a lot for you. And that's gonna be true across the board. So yeah. let's I, dive in.
1: They're a good faction, they have some problems, and in my hands they're worse than
0: they are in a vacuum. That's maybe what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um all right, well let's let's start off with some overview, uh talking about the components. They start with uh a a single dread, a single carrier, a single cruiser, two fighters. And three infantry, so yeah. not it, it's like one and a half C, three I. Right, we want the two C four I. They they have a dread to carry their extra infantry, but they're not getting right. four planets round one. It sounds like
1: right. So that's so I would call uh, call that a problem. I mean, if we had three infantry, that would be enough to say it's a problem. And we only have one and a half C. So we've got we've got two problems. I would say kind of full on problem there mm-hmm. um some obvious solutions okay i'm not i'm and and this this guide is not going to be just me dunking on mahawk but every time we get to a problem i'm really going to call it out yeah. okay yeah i want us to be aware of what needs to be solved here what what we need to figure out
0: this happened with the Arbreck episode and the arborec episode wasn't a guide and it was cold takes but it's worth noting when we say that something is a problem it doesn't mean it's unsolvable. It means it's a problem. And sometimes those problems are very solvable, especially yes. in your particular game. Sometimes you come across a solution to that problem and now you're going to have a great game. So that, right. that is always true too. What we are doing in these guides is identifying those problems to which you might find infinite solutions that we yes. can't address in the guide. So right. that is the frame of reference. When we're When we're dogging on a faction, it's not that we think they are unplayable. It's that, we cannot easily tell you what every single solution to these problems are. Yes, totally. Uh, next up, they've got some uh, faction. Oh, their home system is, is super weird. It's the planet of Ixth, and it is a three-five. Uh, so heavy influence, single planet. That's the weird. That is the weirdest home planet.
1: It is the weirdest home planet, and and it doesn't. It feels weird to use because yeah. if you spend it for the resources that feels bad because we got five whole influence we're leaving on the table uh, but also we just got done talking about where we're one and a half c3i so that's a problem also we don't have it's not a four resource home yep. system so we can't afford just just on our faction sheet we can't afford tech round one and we don't have quite so much plastic we need yeah. so this all goes together to be it's a, a it's bit, a very diploable
0: planet right we can use Deeper it for low-able. leadership, diplo it get the get the three dollars back and then use it. And that that's kind of fun. But yeah, it's it's like it's like those two, three planets where you're like, do I want the two resources or the three influence? And this feels like even worse and weirder. Uh, yeah. We've got two faction tech bio stims allows you to refresh. Those are not
1: faction tech. Those are just sorry. our starting tech. Yeah,
0: sorry. Yeah. Our starting tech is why did I say that? Yeah, uh, bio stims, <laughs> which is the one where you can refresh uh, either an exhausted tech or a planet with a tech specialty which is weird i've recently realized how much i actually don't like bio stims because it's like a a psychoarchaeology half measure unless you have the refreshable tech that makes it super juicy totally so
1: so um refreshing planet with a tech specialty is going to help with the problem that we just described um a little bit right so when we take On round one when we take a tech specialty planet especially in in Pok, if the right attachments come out a tech specialty planet can become pretty juicy sometimes it won't be um and we can refresh it either for just the raw economic value of this planet or we can refresh it to use it as a skip with tech early game i'm going to say it's probably more about the economic value Uh, than it is about anything else. And actually, I would maybe even be so bold as to say, for a lot of games, it's really just going to be about getting uh, some extra resources and influence,
0: in my opinion. Yeah, Uh, Their second tech is Predictive Intelligence, which is the one where in the agenda phase, you get three extra votes, but if the agenda doesn't go your way, you exhaust the tech, which then notably right. could be refreshed by biostims in the action phase anyways. Definitely not an optimal use of biostims, no, though. I will say that. for sure. And then the other use is to then, during the action phase, redistribute your command counters similar to what you do at the end of the status phase or off of warfare, which uh, people really stand this tech. People people talk about predictive intelligence as a really cool late game tech. It, c- it can find... A randomly good use in the end of the game. What the the hurdle predictive intelligence has is okay. Well, does that make it researchable? And it's it's nice that Mahawk just goes well. Okay, I have it. I have that, and right. I'm
1: good. Right. Well, well, it is. I it is very necessary for Mahawk. Once we described um, mm-hmm. described their faction abilities, it will make sense why they kind of have to start with this
0: tech in some ways. Right. Uh, so their abilities is edict when you win a combat. You get one command counter from your opponent's reinforcements placed in your fleet pool. Uh so, so just as that ability, we'll get into the rest of the implications of that, but that is like a barony thing, right? We get it, we we can we can end up with a massive fleet pool. Sure. Um, and we get
1: them for winning uh combats. Notably, we don't have to destroy any ships, we just have to win the combat. So you can mm-hmm. pay people off to retreat and they don't even lose any uh lose any stuff. But yes, we are getting a CC into our fleet pool and it's their command counter which is weird um you only get one per player that's a little thing that can kind of slip you up so you can't just attack the same player over and over and get like all their ccs although that would be rad yeah. but that's not how it works right um and you can't redistribute that cc you get from another player out of your fleet pool right. right but obviously you can kind of already see why predictive has a different utility uh for you than it does really for anybody else because we're the ones getting Uh, In the middle of the action phase, we're getting random extra CCs into our fleet pool. So now instead of you know us having maybe a fleet pool of five and then we get a sixth one that we don't need we can now predictive and shift one of our tokens out of fleet pool into our uh, strategy or tactics. so you're never like kind of locked in essentially until of course you play predictive in which case after that you are pretty locked in The,
0: the extra point to all that though is this is winning a combat so this is not necro this isn't let me go nibble let me go get one ship and as long as I destroy it I'm good to go it's you you have to win fights so it is always contingent on what everybody else is doing on the board it's one thing to go pick off someone's destroyer it's another thing to like well the destroyers with the carrier and the, all this stuff and I have to actually win the fight to do it so it gets so much more awkward to use you have to be a bit more bold with it than necro has to be
1: yeah yeah the the specificity of it it can kind of go either way though I will I will say sometimes it's not it's not any harder I guess but uh, if somebody wants to make it difficult for you, uh, they can in a way that, you know, if Necro really wants to snipe one of your techs, it's basically impossible to keep them from doing right. it. But right. yeah, uh, keep, keeping it where Mahak can't win a combat against you is more doable, but yeah. also not crazy difficult. Right.
0: Uh, these next two abilities, really though, is where the juice of Mahak gene sorcerers comes in because it's one. Thi- it's one thing if they just had like this cool fleet supply ability, but instead you also have Imperia. While another player's command token is in your fleet pool, you can use the ability of that player's commander if it is unlocked.
1: Yeah, so we're getting a lot of random use out of Mahak. The Mahawk game provides a lot of weird utility um and the games can look uh pretty different from each other depending on what commanders are available to you yeah um there will be a whole section of this guide where we will just break down uh imperia as an ability and what it gives you access to um but it's cool right so we're winning a combat we're getting a cc out of that and we're getting the use of a commander are all the commanders good not really
0: but (laughs) some of them are great Yeah, Uh, and the last ability kind of ties in with this, which is hubris during setup purge your alliance promissory note Other players cannot give you their alliance promissory notes. So you cannot do alliance swaps. You don't even have a card. And the only way you get commanders is by winning those combats. You can never just be handed the card to gain it. So you have to be proactive about getting this stuff. Obviously, you could, like, make deals. Like Hunter said, you can kind of pay people to retreat from a combat, and then you win. There There are wacky things to pull all of this off. But notably, too, is once it's in your fleet pool, there's no alliance card that you can break. To lose that ability everybody else gains a commander ability but that's somebody they now can't attack whereas mahakt can have your ability and go mess you up right
1: yeah so so it's yeah it's it this is actually more of a bummer than i think yeah. it it feels like at first um we'll talk about some interactions between the idea that they can't trade um alliances to anybody else um it's not that... I, I will say this is kind of a balancing thing yeah. because once we get to the leaders, you're going to realize that the commander for Mahakt is very, very good. Right. And if they could give it out via alliance swappage, uh, it would probably be too good. It would kind of break the game, I think, if too many people got to use this commander. So that's understandable. But I just, I just want to call attention to the fact that this is a... This is uh, something we're not now going to be able to trade. like we've we've yeah. lost one of our promissory notes, which is gonna have um, some some that's gonna echo out a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna feel that in other aspects of the
0: guide. Yeah. so uh, our our flagship is the Arvicon Rex. It costs eight. It hits two on a five, so it's in the good category. Everything else is average, one move, three capacity. during combat against an opponent whose command token is not in your fleet pool. Apply plus two to the results of this unit's combat rolls. So it hits two on a three when you're fishing for command tokens, when you're trying to uh, make Edict happen for yourself. Um, But then once you have it, it's still just the two on a five, which is still good. So this is a pretty good and sometimes amazing flagship, no? Yeah, so it's kind of... um
1: yeah it it, it, it kind of just depends uh in a game where maybe you've done really well in the early game and gotten kind of all your neighbor's um fleet pool tokens already right uh and then like build your flagship comes out as uh an objective i would be pretty bummed to have to switch into it and not even get the benefit because obviously i mean if you're fighting somebody whose token you already have it's just a very generic yeah. flagship with no real doesn't even have an uh, ability. extra ability yeah yeah it has nothing um but yeah, that that plus two, I mean, it's basically, you know, it's like a war sun with, uh, you one know, less with roll. one,
0: yeah, one and, die not happening. And notably, too, what you will soon feel as mahawked is it's not actually that easy to get all of those command counters. Like, you might get, I don't know, one in the early game, and then by the mid-game, you're trying to get maybe two or three like it's true they're not easy to get so it's very realistic that you have games where it doesn't quite work out and the arvicon Rex does need to come out so that you can go get them that that doesn't seem too crazy of a thing to need
1: well it's hard to in a vacuum say how easy or hard it's going to be i think in most games you're not going to collect uh your neighbor's fleet pool tokens until like maybe like round three yeah um so then this could help in, in the very end of the game against some combats against, like, somebody across the table or right. something like that. Um, but I but I do think, in general, you're probably not going to use it against your neighbors as much as you might use it in a critical Mechatol Rex combat type deal. And it's not super good defensively compared to some of the other stuff that they have um, because I feel like a lot of the times your neighbors are the one that ones that are going to try and Winslay you and they're the ones that you're most likely to have their... Yeah their token already so
0: uh their promissory note is the scepter of dominion at the start of the strategy phase choose one non-home system that contains your units each other player who has a token on the mahawk player's command sheet places a token from their reinforcements in that system then return this card to the mahawk player
1: yeah so that would include the mahawk player's token as well uh if you have any of your tokens in fleet pool which it's interesting because mahawk can take all their tokens out of fleet pool and be fine if they have enough of the other players uh, as yeah. tokens there. Um, so yeah, it's like a mini diplomacy. Um, it, I think that it is more valuable than the current meta mm-hmm. kind of has it in their head, but it's very specific. And this is one of those types of promissory notes where it's on you to do the work a yeah. lot of the time right? Uh, t- in order to get this sold. So pay attention to what's going on with the other
0: players and see know what you can do we'll talk about it more when we get to yeah. trading and, and meta obviously yeah I, I do want to point out the idea that it's it's effectively a diplomacy but it's a diplomacy that technically can be used on mechatol rex and so that is a that's big true. that's yeah. a big person to try to sell this to or if you know someone's gonna go for mechatol rex or whatever there, right. there's there's extra viability uh in that usage of it uh they have three commodities so they're average in terms of uh some of their other trading abilities they have a faction unit they're, they have special ground forces called Crimson Legionnaires. Uh, it's the same cost, same combat. It's they hit on an eight, but after this unit is destroyed, gain one commodity or convert one of your commodities to a trade good. So technically, infantry can kind of pay for themselves and then some. It's really hard to work out how what the. I mean, if you if you lose two infantry you gain a commodity and then convert a commodity to a trade good. So really they only pay for themselves technically speaking because that $1 is two infantry. Uh-huh. Yep. That that's that is the that is the math. Hunter there is not to impressed. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not weird. Not super
1: not super happy with them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, their other faction tech. Obviously uh the Crimson Legionnaires can be upgraded so they hit on a 7 and they gain uh, the s- somewhat typical Gen Synthesis ability, which is the, that roll where they go home, except for Mahox, uh, doesn't need to roll. Uh, after your units are destroyed, after these units are destroyed, you you do the commodity and trade good thing. Then you place the unit on this card, just like you do with Gen Synthesis. And at the start of your next turn, place each unit that is on this card on a planet you control in your home system. You get them back. Yep. They So the upgrade absolutely pays for itself. And then some you get money on top and they complete, they all go back home. Um, So, I mean, yeah, better, right? (laughs) Yes. uh, An improvement, a strange improvement
1: uh, as far as utility goes. Um, The, the interesting, the interesting thing about them obviously is the gain a commodity, turn it into a trade good aspect. And that is upgraded in no way. Right. So gen synthesis on the house, no rolling required, just feels like an odd, um, it's 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 not a problem that gen synthesis had before, right. right? The problem with gen synthesis wasn't like, oh, it just doesn't help you get enough of your infantry back, in right. my opinion. But any any faction that would have gen synthesis, like Soul or or Yin or something like that. Uh, you would get even with rolling you generally get enough of them that are going to come back to your home system that i don't see people being like man i got this infantry too yeah and it just doesn't get me enough of my infantry back <laughs> right, right this is you get 100 percent of them back but it, it just doesn't feel like that was something that was super needed right. so i'm not super happy with this faction tag as an option and i'm not really going to recommend it i can basically just go ahead and say like we're not really going to talk about it much.
0: Yeah. There's like maybe one other moment that we. Well, will talk I about. already uh, know where this is going to go then, because their next faction tech is also a tech that requires one green. So technically, it would be on the path to infantry two. They seem like mm-hmm. they are. They have one green tech to start with. One right. fact: their faction tech requires one green, and then their second faction rec- uh, tech requires two green. So there's like an obvious path of like, oh, we're a green faction, and it's genetic recombination. You may exhaust this card before a player casts votes. That player must cast at least one vote for an outcome of your choice, or remove one token from their fleet pool and return it to their reinforcements.
1: Yeah. So outside of uh, some very specific agendas, where uh, just voting one way will hurt you, this is basically not useful. It, it, it's not useful for. It's not going to swing. It's not going to swing an agenda. Uh, a way that you want it to uh because it says you the player must cast at least one vote and it is always one it yeah. it's no one's going to no one's going to no obey your genetic recombination and then throw in extra votes they're not going to just give you votes for free which means you have to negotiate them which kind of then if you had to negotiate on top of genetic recombination it kind of just is like what is the point of it you know what i mean like if yeah. if you had to make a deal in the agenda phase to get someone to do a certain thing why do we need the extra oomph of, right. and and you have to? Um, so I would say outside of some very niche agendas, think about, you know, there's the one where uh, if you vote a certain direction, you lose all of your action cards. I don't even remember it off the top of my head. And I'm sorry that this is something that I could have just written into the script, but chose not to because yeah. I feel like most people understand that this is just not a very good tech. Um, if you want to errata us with all the different agendas that where this uh, tech will actually help you hurt someone, that's fine. But I don't think hurting someone, a specific player in an agenda phase, is worth you just researching this tech kind of blind, not even yeah. knowing for sure what's coming out. I could imagine, I'll Christmas land it for you right now. So we take politics, right? We see the coming agendas, and then we're like, you know what? This round I'm going to get genetic recombination because I can hurt X player. Okay, yeah. yeah you got a tech and it hurts somebody.
0: I'm just not really right. Well, I'm that's not the, that's the big factor of it. Right. Is we already are in a game where we're not necessarily just looking to make enemies for no gain. And this right. tech is make an enemy for no gain. The technology like it, it, it right. just is that it's just, I'm mean to you done. <laughs> and, and let me, let me also,
1: let me also say this in the, I was looking at some of the situations earlier, even though I didn't write them down. Uh, some of them it's so bad that they're probably going to look at the fleet pool penalty as well yeah and so it's going to be a consideration of do i do i lose the fleet pool or do i vote the bad thing that's going to hurt me right and actually I, I could easily imagine situations where it's like oh wait if i just remove a token from my fleet pool i'm going to lose like one ship over there and that's yeah. fine like you know what i mean like right there, there are there are times and places where you could christmas land this tech and still, they pick the fleet pool over whatever juicy thing you had come up
0: with right.
1: that's going to hurt them. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Don't love it.
0: Um, so, we're about to get into the leaders of Mahakt, which are crazy. Uh, this this is, I would certainly, if Nomad are sort of a leader faction, Mahakt are the are the leader faction. Um, even, we kind of skipped over some lore stuff, but it's worth mentioning here that the Mahakt gene sorcerers are the Mahakt kings that... Ruled before the Lazax Empire, which is the empire that fell long before the start of the events of Twilight Imperium, and the events of Prophecy of Kings basically ripped the Mahokt gene sorcerers through time and space to now be in the present day as well. But their whole thing is gene sorcery and controlling minds and bodies and taking things over and so all of the flavor text very much is just kneel obey me you are my whatever it, it gets really really dark uh really fast so our first <laughs> uh, 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 there's there's some flavor text i don't want to read basically because it's yeah. so dark uh our first agent is J mir khan our first agent our first leader is the agent J mir khan the archon of prosperity When you would spend a command token during the secondary ability of a strategic action, you may exhaust this card to remove one of the active player's command tokens from the board and use it instead. This is one of those rare agents where other people cannot use the ability. It's not worded in a way that someone else can choose to do this, where most agents are. But it is still a sellable agent because you can choose the player whose strategic action you are using it on. So then, okay, Hunter, what, what is the usability and sellability of jamie or Khan.
1: well we're gonna have a big section to talk about this i have a lot of there's a lot to talk about with this agent and we will talk about it more when we get to the trading and yep. meta uh part uh for now the fun little thing about it is it's like hey we're we have an extra sort of invisible token in our strategy pool right, right? sort of yes Sort but of. with um caveat that there has to be a token on the board uh in order for us to use this so like let's say a player does a strategic action as their first action in a given round we cannot use our agent because there are none of their tokens on the board one thing that's also funny about this is that it can be a way to get around diplomacy somebody plays diplomacy Now I can use my agent to remove
0: that token. Right. Uh, So this hurts diplomacy quite a bit, uh, which is kind of interesting. A lot of things in this expansion hurt diplomacy. I I feel like it's funny because we got an Omega diplomacy, and now I feel like we need another Omega diplomacy because Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many ways to get rid of command counters, uh, this being one of them. Also worth noting here, we will talk about it in strategy cards, but this is a super crazy interaction with construction where normally you spend the second, your, your strategy counter, and put it on the map. Now you spend someone else's strategy counter and put it on the map, so somebody else locks down your space, your new space dock off the secondary yeah. of construction. You don't lock down that system; someone else does. Uh, yeah, so, it's it's pr- that's actually my favorite thing about it, and yeah. probably the coolest uh, thing about it. Yeah, uh, their commander, which again you cannot share, you can't give out to anybody, is Il viro Set, the Archon of Virtue. During your tactical actions. You can activate systems that contain your command tokens. If you do, return both command tokens to your reinforcements and end your turn. That's a very Ooh. mechanical way to word this ability, but it is essentially if you have a command token on the board, you can burn a command token to remove that command token and re- un- unactivate those ships. So so right. for twice as many command tokens, you can then remove a fleet.
1: Right so it i
0: mean it is breaking the not remove
1: (laughs) right re yes okay (laughs) uh it it is breaking the cardinal rule right of twilight imperium which is command tokens lock down your ships right and and or all of base game the only way around that or the most common way anyways uh was the warfare primary or unexpected action and basically mahawk says we can do that we can do unexpected action whenever we want, it just costs a lot of CCs. Yes. This is a very expensive method in order to do this. Right. So I'd much rather just have a million, like five copies of Unexpected Action in my hand would be great. Um, also, we, did, we failed to mention the unlock, which is to have yes. two other factions uh, command tokens in your fleet pool. So you need to win two combats against two different players in order to get um, their command tokens. So again, uh, in in a vacuum, I know there's probably there's like players that are like, no, I'm super aggressive and I can like get it done uh, faster than this. But for for me and most of my games, uh, it was around round three when I yeah. was able to unlock this. And to be honest, except for some uh, some random situations, a lot of times your economy is not going to be super in a great place mm-hmm. uh, to use this until the last round, or the second to last round anyway, so unlocking it around that time is fine. Yeah,
0: this isn't some Hunter's Law ability where it's improving your economy all game long. This is just an ability that you then have access to that is really most useful if you save up for it for game-winning maneuvers. Yeah. So you definitely have no incentive to rush for this commander unlock to then have yeah
1: imagine to it. if you could get this round one you wouldn't really even be able to i mean you could sure but it you'd probably wreck yourself yeah using this ability on round one if you could somehow make it
0: happen yeah and finally we have our hero <laughs> the the hero. oh dear iro yeah. sheer hour the archon of command as the army warily approached their foe The gleaming golden figure raised their hand. Golden light flashed and the army fell upon itself in wanton slaughter. This ability is benediction and you will hear people Uh, talk about it all the time. We're going to have a whole section on benediction at the end of the episode. Dane broke the game. Dane Dane broke his own game. (laughs) As an action, move all units in the space area of any system to an adjacent system that contains a different player's ships. But so both systems are any anybody. You or, yeah. or somebody else. Right. Space combat is resolved in that system. Neither player can retreat or resolve abilities that would move their ships. Then purge this card. So two players, you force two players, you somebody else, two player two two completely different third parties, whatever. Right. You force them to fight and they don't get to call off the fight. They have to finish all of the fighting and finish all the combat the roles until only one fleet remains.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They hit the, yeah, it's, it, it's, I like that you noted that you can use that you can do yourself and someone else. I've seen this used spectacularly to win slay somebody. And I've seen this used as like a, Oh, I just need like a little bit of movement right here. I'm just going <laughs> to use it to move. So you have a destroyer here. I'm just going to use this to move over here. Right. That's all. It's weird. It's a very weird hero. And there are a lot of exceptions and little specific things that we will need to talk about about it. And
0: I've saved it for the end of the episode. So let's speak no more about it right now. So finally, to round things off, is there mech the Star Lancer after a player whose command token is in your fleet pool activates this system with the mech? You may spend their token from your fleet pool. So give up their commander ability. Give up all that stuff. Spend the fleet uh-huh, pool uh-huh. token to end their turn. And they gain that token. They get it back. They can activate somewhere else. But uh, that's it. They're they're That's not getting activated again by them. And their turn is completely over the second you do it.
1: Yeah, it's important. To, the most important part of that uh, is they gain that token. So they did not. They activated you. And you're saying what well, we're going to do like a nullification field. Yeah. But they did not lose a CC right. for their own economy, which is kind of the, the crummy part. Right. Um, it is obviously going to have uh, some uses in the late game. If we're going to win, it's an easy way to be like, ah, oh, you can't you can't uh, activate my home system because if you do, then we'll just move on. Right. Um, but are they basically always going to at least make you do the ability yeah because it doesn't cost them anything for their command counter economy so
0: i don't know it's good it's a little bad but it's a little good yeah i don't know it's it can hard to be, judge uh, what i recall the most is in in all of testing all you kept saying is like there has there's got to be something the star lancer feels like the crux it feels like i need to be making it work and then every game you were like it just didn't do what i want it to do
1: <laughs> it's because of the it's because it doesn't cost them yeah. a token. If it costs them a token something on top of everything to else, they would... Yeah,
0: right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing to mention here, too, is, th- is that how does ending their turn work? Basically, because it's after activation, all other timings are skipped. However, the, that player does still have an end of turn... So right. things like biostims, uh, the NRA agent, little end-of-turn abilities can still be used. Um, but that's it. They can't do anything else. They can't produce. Right. They can't. All of that stuff they cannot do. Um, so it skips to the their end-of-turn timing window. And that's it. Okay, we've overviewed all of the stuff the Mohawk has. We feel a little dicey about how everything can and can't be used. It's very difficult, it seems like, to use everything. But But the power is there mostly like everything has reward to it if you can figure out how to use it and that seems like the biggest struggle here is actually figuring out how all this stuff works
1: yeah so let's uh let's get to strategy cards let's let's talk about their
0: relationship with all the with all the scs okay well leadership is up first and boy all we've talked about so far is commander uh command counters and how they have crazy relationships with command counters so seems pretty obvious that leadership is like a big deal yeah so um we've sort we we established in the overview
1: that we have uh some problems from the very beginning uh and then later we've described the commander which is which guzzles uh cc's yeah. we basically it's just you're just throwing them out there Yep. um leadership is not going to be super important in the early game right away and then is going to become wildly important in the late game uh so we're we are a command counter we're a command token thirsty faction in the late game and since the game is all about command tokens in general i feel like this makes them a command token thirsty faction all around now Am I saying that they're bad at this? They, they're they not. Like, we we have a way to win combats and get extra yeah. command tokens. But that commander, the idea of, oh, I'm going to try and go for a stage 2 control point in the late game. And I'm going to try and use the commander in order to do it. We're talking about so many command tokens in order to do that. We move someplace. We activate it right. again to take both our tokens back. And then we move again. And then if we have to move again, then we have to use another command yeah. token and then another. Like, it's it's... It gets very expensive very quickly. Um, So I would say that this is less essential than just raw money and tech in the early game. And then mid to late game, it's basically going to absolutely decide how much mileage we get out of the commander and even the hero. The hero will kind of factor into any kind of late game. uh, they, They sort of do a nomad style move around Mm-hmm. the uh map ideally after everyone has passed would be great but that's kind of hard to make that happen yeah um but we were moving around uh the map making these difficult plays that other people can't do because they can't just activate themselves over and over and benediction can kind of help you get even more mileage out of that yeah. by moving giant fleets around or even moving yourself around in some cases
0: right yeah it makes sense that you're explaining we kind of have some early and mid game command counter advantages. I mean, technically, our agent, if we can make it work in our favor, saves us a command counter. Yes. Our our edict ability earns us back command counters. But it's but the the big idea here is even in the early and mid game when you aren't desperate for those command counters, you are so desperate for them later that it is still probably worth investing. Like if you don't have a better pick that is for money or tech take leadership because you're investing in that final round. You'll have extra command counters ready to go when you do decide to do that. So, well, it's a it's, I, to me it sounds like you're saying leadership is like a mid-tier in the early and mid-game strategy card. So, I'm going to uh, I'm
1: I have a if we're just talking round 1, okay. I have a weird kind of uh a weird take here that might get some pushback. That's fine. Um of like you need resources so uh, you need to fix your start you need plastic and you need tech so bad in round one that diplomacy in round one is going to go up several points for me which Mm -hmm. would mean in a normal situation where you know let's say we're fourth pick or something and we could pick leadership I would actually say, oh, if we can't get trade, we can't get tech. Then I'm taking diplomacy, and I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's the kind of situation where it's like I know this is going to help other people at the table, but I need the money. Yeah. Okay. Bio is not enough to fix my round one in most cases. Some yeah. I, there's there's what 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 are the the good the ideal planets?
0: Uh, I was gonna look at some of them for bio some, stems. I mean things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there semlor is the ridiculous one you have semlor this ridiculous relationship with semlor which is a three two cultural planet yeah uh there's all there's yeah, two. I mean ang is a two zero there's there's heavy right. resource yeah. value uh tech skip planets that are great and then again like you said earlier if it comes out on some sort of other you know if it comes out on JL ear which is a two three that's now refreshable that's a big deal um there's a lot of stuff that biostims can work on but it sounds like yeah you're putting diplo at least round one above leadership how does that pan out the rest of the game do we do we continue to love diplomacy all game long
1: uh i i would say our our special relationship well you know it is it is kind of a special relationship all game long because we can always spend our home system for a lot of influence we got five influence at home and then refresh it and also spend the resources and i would say because we you know i don't know if i don't know if you noticed but we talked about this this faction, and they have a lot of potential for aggression in the late game, but no actual combat advantages on right. any level. Right. So we just have to straight up, if, if it's going to be a fighty game, which obviously not every game of Twilight Imperium ends up being a fighty game, but if it's going to go that direction, we just have to have more stuff than the other person. I mean, there's no way around it. It's just we just have to have more raw stuff because we do not have any way to kind of sidestep. We don't have, you know anything special that's gonna mean oh we could you know normally we wouldn't be able to win this combat but because we have this special unit or this special
0: ability we can we do not have that uh next Uh, up is politics um so we could we could first talk about politics game long i don't see anything that is uh specifically crazy with politics but there is obviously a big thing to talk about with politics round one and whether or not we are a uh, a mechatol rex so hunter give me give me the case for what it means if we decide mechatel rex is an option man it's so tricky so it's yeah we're a
1: tricky faction to grab the custodian's token with um however our home system has five of the six influence that we need for it um however i would say if you're not able to get cruiser two on round one then I don't think you can do it. Right. Like I just don't think it's gonna happen. But um,
0: you start yeah. with a yellow and a green, and you have a tech that can refresh a red tech skip. So it is totally, absolutely in range if Here's you can the problem, find. Matt, though, if you can here. find four dollars. <laughs> yes. So we need money.
1: <laughs> yep. And we need to use biosims on a red skip, which a lot of the red skips are worth. Like have high value, not necessarily resources, but yeah. they just they're worth stuff. Right. And we need to refresh one of those and then use it old school. Who who uses a tech skip for a tech skip anymore? <laughs> you just get Psycho or AI dev and you don't even worry about that stuff. But this is old school using the red skip for the Cruiser 2, which I recommend by the way. Yeah. Cruiser 2 is really good if you can get it uh early. When we get to tech we'll talk about the unit upgrade paths yeah. they're pretty simple and obvious
0: to be honest we just kind of have a weird start we have yeah. a, we start with a green yellow i want to yeah. i want to point out too imson had some um prierata and and imson pushed it even further which is like if you can't get cruiser 2 round 1 and take Mechatol rex round 1 it might not be worth even thinking about like take like do it round Sure. One. take tech so i'm i'm skipping ahead a little bit but take tech get the free tech after you bio stims the red Upgrade, get cruiser two, and immediately go to Mechatol Rex. After you, hopefully, found a, tr- a trade good. A single dollar gets you Mechatol Rex round one. You are actually one of the few factions that, like, very genuinely can consider taking Mechatol Rex round one, and and it's not exceedingly rare to find that opportunity. So now, is it out of position? Is it all these other things? Is it a, is that a good, yeah. great, amazing idea? I don't know yeah that's that's up to you i would do it no i i never
1: got to do it but i what you just described i would totally do that um but yeah so so after what after um round one what do we say for politics i would say just kind of normal i don't know yeah there's not there's not really anything else to say i i do want to say though overall i think mahawk is a faction that can sometimes get custodians i don't think that they're good at it and that right. is heartbreaking it's a situational have five thing. influence at home they are situationally
0: gonna... great at it basically yeah but, yes. but when when they're not great at it they're terrible at it <laughs> so it's yeah. one or the other <laughs> yeah. uh so next up is construction uh so we already talked about a little bit of that weird secondary relationship for it does that override our desire to have it as a primary ability it's so weird okay so everything is weird
1: about Mahawk. um <laughs> So the agent makes the secondary attractive, right? So I would much rather use my agent to do the secondary on construction and then take one of your tokens and activate myself and get my space dock or my PDS, Salati so dock. da uh, But there's a problem, however. Uh, many times players like to play construction as their first action on uh, in a round, so therefore, you in those situations you will not be able to use the agent on them, no matter what. Right now, some people will say, "Oh, you just make it a deal." Well, what if they don't want a deal? Because uh, uh, when we get to trading meta, I'll I'll tell you, the agent has a weird value. Like it's just it's just a weird agent yeah. to sell, um, and it requires a lot of planning. And you kind of need to tell them pretty early on that you're interested in using your agent on them. You do a lot of selling with it, yeah. Uh, which I am not great at. So maybe you're figuring out like why i'm not good for this faction um or at least i am uh so so yeah we'd love to use the agent which means why we wouldn't want to take the card except for we have a three resource home system which means uh and and also we do not start with a blue tech so sling ray when we get to tech sling ray is kind of a luxury maybe you'll pick it up maybe you won't um but I think we need a forward dock. We need a second space dock in almost all situations. Yeah. So I simultaneously want to say don't take construction because your agent is a much better way to use it, but you need that space dock. Right. So if it's not happening for you,
0: you have to take construction because you need another dock. Yeah. Okay. Th- and this is that kind of situation too, where you, you have to, if you're like last pick you have to look at all of the planets in your slice, in your position, and like the, the cliche choice as last pick is Construction, Diplo, and Imperial, and we pleaded a case why Diplo is pretty good, and we just pleaded a case why also Construction is pretty good, because you really want the second dock, and if nobody else took Construction, obviously you can't do the secondary of it. So, and I, I'm not about to ask Hunter to say, which one would you pick? Because it literally is an impossible... Diplo. Okay, I well fine, all right, diplo. fine, Hunter, Hunter's gonna punch I, me in the face I, I, with I, I would.
1: it. I would rather fix uh, I, the the number one. Uh, uh, basically, you can simplify You can just skip all these strategy card takes when it comes to round one uh, because all it really comes down to me is money, economy, money, yeah. plastic, tech. All the things that cost money. It's literally, I mean, it's just, it's what? It's trade, tech, diplo, probably in that order gotcha. is actually my round one order. Crazy. So there you go.
0: Uh, and 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 i guess the idea is i mean you can always get construction you can get the second dock round 2 or whatever next up is trade we have already basically you just said <laughs> trade is is a top pick so uh is is that yeah. game long is it just like money always forever oh yeah oh yeah i think it's
1: i uh, i i personally think it is game long it's primo round 1 uh, probably just primo early to mid in general solves a lot of our round 1 problems without uh while feeding into our eventual very expensive late game uh, with using the commander and how influence uh, expensive that's gonna be hopefully you can make a deal uh, for a timely warfare secondary because of it um, because if you do take uh, trade we'd like to do round one tech and round one plastic um, so that we can take more planets on round around uh, on round two or just take more planets on round one right. you know what I mean yeah, getting it's- another
0: carrier and two more infantry would be very 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 juicy
1: yeah, um, but yeah, I would continue to take trade well into the into the late game as uh, my uh, just because I know we need the money almost yeah. always.
0: Uh, so then next up is warfare. Uh, I want to skip to the mid and late game before Hunter talks about uh, round one. Um, but I-, I wanted to spell out the math of warfare in the mid and late game versus leadership because it is obviously worth noting that we ha- we have warfare. <laughs> we do warfare. Uh, Our commander is warfare. Um, And so if you have the ability to just lift your own tokens and also you have a tech that lets you redistribute your own command tokens. Like we do all of the things that warfare primary does. Um, If you look at leadership versus warfare, I won't perfectly spell out uh, all of the all of the business, all the math. But the the net result is leadership can get you the exact same ability as warfare and still net you one extra command counter plus any command counters you buy off of spending influence for command counters. So in the mid and late game, if it's a choice between leadership and warfare, it should be leadership 100% of the time because warfare doesn't do anything for you that leadership doesn't also do.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um it's it it, it feels I don't know, it just it it's basically just giving your commander a little Extra oomph that you yeah. could just have more CCs and be able to do more things anyways. Um, so yeah, mid and late game, uh, absolutely not. I would call it a suboptimal relationship. Yeah. Um, but first round, I don't know, it's hard to say because I don't feel like spreading out uh like so like let's say we're mahawked and we're looking at our situation where like we got three infantry and we got one and a half C. Um Well, I could take warfare and now I can, you know, I can warfare my carrier and get another uh, two planet system. But we're establishing that like we have an economy problem and we have kind of low plastic and then we're also going to spread out. Um, The only situation where I could see it being uh, a pick for me is if I have a feeling that I'm going to be able to sneak the custodian's token. Like politics was taken... Right before me, and I feel like I can get there before the other person. I don't know even know what that would be based on. Yeah. I guess just your gut. Um, I would rather just focus on pure economy uh, in the early game. So I would say overall, we do not really have a very good relationship with Warfare. And if there's any exceptions, it's going to be uh, in the very early game. Yeah. Uh, to me and not the mid or late right and, and obviously
0: all that stuff i said about leadership versus warfare doesn't hold true if leadership was like the first pick and it comes to you and you still want to be able if you need to do the like extra movement warfare and then also commander stuff like that that still has some validity i'm not saying absolutely never take warfare but you should never pick leadership under you should you should always get leadership instead of warfare uh next up is technology we've already been talking about tech being pretty needy you you said what trade then tech then diplo is your order yeah i think i
1: would give it that order although i mean it's it's pretty close i mean the the picking picking tech or picking trade uh round one also kind of has it kind of comes down also to like how many neighbors can you get uh, in the first round what is right. the meta and stuff so it's really hard to specifically say one or the other um we start with a green and a yellow so we don't obviously head in any one specific <laughs> direction tech wise green yellow if it is a thing is not a thing for Mahog. yeah um so i'd say we have an above average need to tech and our precarious start means saving money on tech by taking the card ourselves
0: is definitely worth it what tech will we get well, we'll talk about that in the tech section. <laughs> uh, and finally, we have Imperial. Uh, I mean, what? We can kind of ignore the general round one shenanigans. We, we don't take Imperial round one. I can't right. imagine there's anything especially crazy to, to mention for Imperial. But I don't know. Hunter, what do, you, what do you think? Is there are there special considerations?
1: Yeah. So early game, I think most of the time we're not in the position to get extra points out of it. Um, even a situation where round two we might sneak onto Mechatol Rex after Custodians has been taken, we still might not have our mobility and plastic situation in line uh, to the extent that we would like to. Once we get online, though, Mechatol points should be on the menu, and Imperial becomes as important as it ever is in the mid and late game. Yeah. So I would say early game, kind of questionable. Mid to late game, uh, I would say as important as it as, as it always is. I mean, you don't win... You don't win Twilight Imperium without getting some extra points, right? I w- and
0: I, I will say the the one thing to obviously mention is a mech or two or three on mechatol certain, certainly means you're going to hold it much better if you if you've laid out the combats and have the right command tokens in your fleet supply. Mm-hmm. So in that way, we can at times, given the right situations, we can feel much safer taking Imperial in any given round if we set up for it properly. Uh, yeah so okay we we you've made the case that we are somewhat desperate a la base game sardak and we will we will fight tooth and nail to get money uh what 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 can we solidify these uh problem arguments a little bit more
1: it actually it's funny that you say base game sardak because it actually reminds me a little bit more of base game Arboret. okay going all the way back to that kind of infamous episode where I was like, no, you should take diplomacy because to me it just like that is my core point of uh, the start thing is just like we need more ships, we need more money because we're CC thirsty, we're command token thirsty, and no combat ad- uh, advantages means we just have to have more ships. Yeah. So it's all about the ships, all about the tokens, uh, and and that is definitely our focus in the early game and kind of stays your focus all the way through if if you want to go into your last round as mahawk with a giant stack of command tokens on your sheet Mm -hmm. so that you can take that commander um as far
0: as possible okay we've 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 overviewed everything we've gotten through strategy cards let's take a quick little break and then we will talk about tech and trade and exploration and everything else lots lots more to come And we're back, and there's so much more analysis to talk about because we got to dive into technology and our tech paths, if we can call it that, our tech options. We start green-yellow, which I don't, I can't, we've never talked about green-yellow as a viable two-and-two sort of uh, scenario. So
1: Yeah, so this would be the part normally where I would describe a core tech path. (laughs) I would say, hey, here's what we recommend in almost every single game, do this. And I am intentionally leaving this part blank. Um, <laughs> I think we're, we, we are going to talk about some options. I am going to recommend some tech, but I do not feel like Mahawk has been solved. Right. I want to, I want to have some openness to my tech section and say that I don't think that what I'm going to recommend adds up to be all that much. So someday there might be an alternative, uh, approach uh not to say that, you know, I'm not saying like that I, I don't I, I considered everything, basically. Yeah. And I, I didn't find anything that just felt super strong. I mean BioSTEMs is cool. It's like psychoarchaeology, but it's slower and uh less good. But <laughs> I like it more for the extra resources and influence, and I like it uh for skips. Although if if there is a skip that I like, it's the red skip. Yeah. Uh because of early cruiser two being great. So the priority here is that we're a weird combat. Faction without any solid combat advantage so getting to our unit upgrades in order is priority number one and the faction techs of course do not do anything for me and we will not talk about them so let's talk about our paths we've got i'm just going to call this blue and there's two kind of offshoots you could go here mm-hmm. um so we can go into our det or anti-mass whichever one makes more sense and then gravity drive and then from there we go to dread 2 or carrier two slash fighter two. Right. Um, I kind of like dread two better. You could argue carrier two fighter. 2. I think the problem is there are too many factions. That, I don't know where a carrier two and fighter two. I think might be in a slightly weird spot because I think we've got too many new factions that shred. Yeah.
0: Fighters. Fighters. Yeah.
1: Essentially. Yeah. I think fighter screens may have taken a little bit of a hit, and I don't necessarily trust people that insist that they haven't. I think the balance has shifted a little bit. Okay. Um, then of course after we've done you know that kind of very standard very sort of boring it would be actually I shouldn't say boring but it uh, that standard opening that then leads into fleet logistics and lightweight fleet logistics is a little bit weird to us because our commander kind of screws it up right uh, when we use our commander it ends our turn so we cannot use our commander to pull a fleet to, or pull a command token off the board and then immediately move when once we pull the the uh, command token we end our
0: turn, so Fleet Logistics doesn't combo that well for it, but
1: Fleet Logistics is still good. Right. It's not
0: bad. Well, because the idea um, is you have to, you just always have to plan it the inverse way. You move uh-huh. somewhere, and then your second tactical action is to activate that and pull the token. So basically, you just right. never have activated Fleets because you Fleet Logistics them off immediately. You just can never yes. do it backwards, or else you ruin it. It ends your turn immediately. And of course, Light Wave is
1: uh, always good, as good as it ever is. Uh, it's been recommended in almost every single yeah, right. uh, of the new guides, essentially. Um, so let's talk about the other path. I think the other path is more interesting, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So the other path. Uh, so we go for AI development algorithm or just a red skip if we yeah, got one. Right. Um, and we get Cruiser 2. Uh, Imsen, you mentioned a, a priorata from Imsen earlier saying that basically if you can't get Cruiser 2 round one, that's not even worth it at all. Um, I, I'm going to sort of echo that, but I'm going to leave a little bit of room Mm -hmm. for the idea that we could go cruiser two and then destroyer two, and then essentially, uh, have a fleet made up of these smaller ships. And if we have a lot of fleet pool, we can maybe have a pretty decent, uh, mid game, uh, some combo luxuries I would throw into this are assault cannon. And then of course we could eventually go, uh, towards war suns. Um, I think this would be good with AI dev and a red skip maybe would be helpful. Um, right. But yeah. And you know what? That's what I got. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't, I, here's, here's some miscellaneous stuff. Um, a lot of people talk about early hyper. I think it would be decent. It would be if you have, maybe if you have a green skip, you can get round one. Um, but in the, the deep blue path, we've got too many things that we want. So we need to get over to a unit upgrade at some point. We're basically not, we're not, we're not doing well until we get a unit upgrade in my opinion. Yeah. Um. And going deep green isn't really going to help us get any of them except for da, da 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 Crimson Legionnaire 2, which I do not recommend. I do not like it. I do not feel like it helps us yeah. in any way. It does not solve anything to me. PDS Mahawked. Is that a thing? I don't know. Secondary construction advantage with the agent. Pretty cool. Uh we start with Biostem, so if we went like a graviton laser systems pds Mahakt, yeah uh we could use Graviton you know
0: more than once right does that win
1: you games? I don't think
0: so no, and also mahawk is feels decently defensive, like once you have a Star lancer and some other person's defensive commander ability you, you're really you're only getting attacked when it's time to completely winslay you other than that. I don't see aggression against Mohawk very often because they are a little mm-hmm. bit inherently defensive. And so the PDS, I mean, if you got if you knew you were going to get Argent's uh, thing really fast or Joel Nars commander really, really fast, maybe maybe that's an incentive to go PDS because you're just going to be like, oh, these are going to be so, so, so potent. But I, I kind of agree with you that it's like, I don't see the point. i You have other needs. You have other problems to solve of mobility and get out and go accomplish things.
1: And also a a slower sit in your slice Mahawk works against some of our abilities like the commander, like the hero, like the idea of winning combats and getting um, extra command tokens in our fleet pool. It just philosophically doesn't make sense with everything else. So I don't know. Um, I feel like maybe someday somebody will be like, oh, I figured out uh, PDS Mahawk and it's actually really great. Uh, Totally, totally buy that. But uh, as for now, I have no idea. Um, Slingray uh helps with our bad production in our home system. And we have Biosims, so we could do it twice, I guess, if we want to. Yeah. Um and it would I think uh Biosims plus Slingray, you could probably get away without having a forward dock if you were using that frequently. Um but at best, I think Slingray is a luxury yeah uh as for everything else i just don't really feel a need to talk about it yeah. to be honest i feel well i feel kind of limited it's it's they're a weird faction we started a green and a yellow and all i want us to do is either go red or
0: blue <laughs> so
1: yeah that's rough it's annoying okay yeah. that is i a i would give a
0: slingray slingray R- Sling a boost if we had a blue skip and that's only in the idea that maybe we are not using it for the tech skip as often we we tech skip into gravity drive right away for that very very fast round two movement and then round two it's like by sling relay so that we can get our plastic problem solved and do normal deep blue that way so rather than an anti-mass det into mm-hmm. grav drive it's grav drive into sling ray into the rest of the blue or whatever that's pretty cool i like that i definitely would not uh say no to that yeah. so there you go uh tell hunter tell me about our our meta game we are in that Necro-Mentac category of everybody, a- as a observer of Mentac, I'm always like, I don't want to come too close to them because they might try to nibble on my stuff. I'm always afraid of you. So how do we reconcile uh, our our problems? Yeah, so
1: it would help if we were better at trading than we are. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to encourage everyone playing Mahawk to try to be um creative with the way that you try to use your agent and your faction Mm -hmm. promissory note uh to make money uh we don't because of hubris uh we don't have an alliance card and that's kind of a bummer because we would like to like we have an economic problem so it would be helpful if we had an alliance card so we could trade it so we could get um you know a lot of times people do alliance swaps which obviously would have no use for us, but if we could sell our alliance for some money, that would be good. We need money. Money's yeah. good. We're only a three commodity faction, so we're just okay um, in that way. Uh, the faction promissory note is the kind of note where you need to look for an opportunity to sell it. Find the player that yeah. needs to diplo one specific other player, their neighbor, et cetera, or whatever, and charge something like a respectable two to three trade goods minimum. Yeah.
0: Or a faction note be mindful. that you really want. Be mindful of the timing there, too, because that is it's use, similar to something like the L1-Z1-X note, which is like it's very much only usable once per round. This is mm-hmm. only usable at the start of the strategy phase, so it is only going to be sold once per round. And the L1s is, like, very sellable. It's going to be sold once per round. And yours, you have to, like, make that case for somebody. Um, yeah. It's convenient that the agenda phase wraps up right there so you can trade it to anybody just before the strategy phase starts and and you probably are going to be holding on to you're it's going to be hard to sell this during an ongoing action phase because the person's going to look at next strategy phase and be like i don't even ixtian could go off i have no idea what's right. going to happen you're i'm not selling it to you right. but end of agenda phase pull this note out and go is there anybody that might be able to need this i can just get you're it totally to someone. right
1: There's another reason to do that. Um, If you're selling it to people kind of in basically right in the window where they would use it, I feel like they're less tempted to hold on to it. And this is one of those ones where you could end up selling it for two trade goods in round two. And then that player is like, well, right now it's worth this. Mm -hmm. But what about once Mahawk gets more tokens? I think I'm just going to hold on to it. I would encourage you not to sell it to someone for an unspecific reason. Like if somebody's like, can i just get that i would encourage you not to do it what we want to try and do is make up some ground here we will to make a little money yeah so let's try and sell it to specific people for specific reasons was i able to get a lot of value out of it no i think it is not it's not getting the
0: heat it deserves come on y'all yeah it's cool right all right yeah you, gotta, it uh, you really me. have to make those cases for people think of the crazy ways you can use diplomacy right obviously the person has to have their own units there but look for those weird board states where like someone's sharing a system or something and they can lock down each other all of it deals with like mean meta anyways so that's the other reason it's going to be hard is because most people's response is going to be well i don't want to i don't want to do that to them i want to keep my relationships nice with them and and maybe you just can't overcome that in your meta so so this will become much less sellable in in like an overly friendly meta yeah
1: all right, let's talk about the agent. Um, so there's a lot to say. Um, it's very good for other players in specific situations. The effect is what? It's essentially the warfare primary, but you don't get your command token back, okay? So you get to move your stuff out and do something else. And and the fact that you're doing this from the first round can really make a big difference for the other players. Um, I recommend pitching it to people early in a round and that would mean, for the first round, early in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can, like, themselves figure out how to maximize the value of it. Because if they don't see what they can actually do with it, yeah. then they're not going to care. It should be worth something automatically on round one. I cannot believe I have had trouble selling this round one. Because on round one, every single player would love to fill out their slice. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, uh, people have not been... I would say very willing to sell it, Um, but like to me, especially in the first round, I would maybe even just play it on the trade player. Even though that's not that's that's like a waste of a token, right? Right. So you're not you you would never actually use the secondary of trade, Um, but it's cool because you could uh, sell it to the trade person. They get they pay you for it, and now you get your secondary without having to get it from the trade primary Uh person so you don't actually owe them an x minus one right because you just refreshed yourself right and they unlocked Um, their fleet you've paid the debt the debt meta doesn't exist
0: you just did the thing for them that makes sense
1: yes um so that's cool try to try to maximize the value of it um try to point out opportunities for people to do things with it um other players sometimes i'll say this something i started doing and maybe this is maybe this is dumb maybe this is wrong but i've noticed other players in games where i would play mahawk trying to sort of force my hand with it yes and just try to say like you know i'm not going to pay you anything because you're going to want to do the secondary anyways so you're going to do it somewhere so they might have just like one token on the board uh in a place where they want it and then they they pop their strategy card hoping that i'm going to use my agent on them they're going to get it for free i have put this out there in my games and i i would recommend this to other mahawk players if you feel like this is going to work for you I will basically say to people that I am not automatically using my agent every round. I will budget to not use it. I want extra value for it. The the to me the mere value of just getting an extra CC off of it is not enough. You're giving away too much uh to the other player. Now, what are the exceptions to this? Sometimes you just have a useless CC that you can lift. Then whatever, just right. use it. Just get the, at least get the extra CC there, but do not do not give people um that 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 hot, hot yeah.
0: half a warfare primary um for nothing. If you are Kraken considering letting the Sarball unlock itself while it is on the other side of the map about to tear through like a Joel NAR player. So I don't know. I'm just thinking of like a crazy, sure, like sure. some crazy example that who knows if that's ever come up. Kraken, I'm begging you to not use the agent on that person. Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: and so just to kind of go along with what I just said of like making it clear to players that you're not automatically using the agent, be careful about how you allocate um, your command tokens. Like, like if you are like the, the nightmare situation is that you're kind of like, okay, so what secondary do I want to do this run? Oh, I want to do Imperial and I, and I want to do tech. So I'm going to put one command token in my strategy pool and I'll use the agent for the other one. Well, what if, both of those players pop their strategy cards first action. Now you just messed up. Okay. So be careful with that. You have predictive as a fallback. So you do not have to specifically commit to uh, what secondaries you're going to do until basically after you pop uh, predictive. So definitely don't budget your pool and not give yourself any wiggle room.
0: Yeah. Um, You're saying over budget strategy and then pull out of strategy with predictive if all of your timings work out a la the agent if you if the agent works great move that Mm -hmm. tactics or that strategy token into tactics but until that happens you don't want to be caught off guard with not enough in tactics and not enough uh, tokens on the board to remove to use the agent right it'll also help you with negotiations with other players for the agent if they can see that you
1: do not have to use your agent on. you know what i mean like If you want to do this secondary, well, well, I've got some tokens right here. So I do not have to do the agent on you. I could just spend a token and do it normal. Yeah. So there you go. And and also I just want to say one more time, the construction secondary stuff, that's super cool. Chef's kiss. Yeah. That's that's I don't know. In some ways, I sometimes I feel like that's the coolest thing that they could do. It just it's lovely to do the construction secondary like that.
0: Just to go off book for a second, it's it's like another incentive for mechatol isn't it like can't if if you go to mechatol and then construction pops and you put that player's token on mechatol where you are and they don't get to take mechatol for it's like though it's those sorts of weird uses that you get guess, to, to yeah. use I it mean, for i like, mean you're
1: kind you, of christmas landing on your i know own no, no i know that. but
0: i'm just saying that's that's the sort of world like look for that construction does yes. whack a doodle stuff you can do crazy things with the way that mahawk interacts with the construction secondary so just keep an eye out for that crazy stuff i'm right, saying right. magic christmas lands will present themselves to you if you keep sure maybe sometimes out. i just
1: i uh, but i do need to remind I know. you know i don't want to talk about it too much but uh, oftentimes people pop construction action one so yes. so be careful yeah for sure um okay so there we go that's 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 trading and stuff. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like that's my most uh, down on them aspect is I want the faction promissory note to be worth more in people's eyes, uh, which means you just have to sell it better. So be a better salesman than me. And I want that agent to be yeah. worth more to people. Just be a better salesman than me. That's that's my advice. You have sell to better. work
0: against the lore of Mahawk. It sounds like to play a, a decent little bit. Mahocht. Mahocht is kneel bow before me. I will do everything to you. But similar to like the Winu faction sheet where we always harped on the fact that it's like bu- they built massive fleets and you start with the worst fleet in the game. Uh, Mahakt is like, I will crush everyone under my thumb, except for I have a bad home planet and no units. Uh, so I guess I <laughs> won't do that much. Um, so you, you, you end up having to be kind of deal makey just to get off the ground and then and then in the late game you can make them bow before a prisoner forever fresh fresh impression
1: kneel kneel before my infantry that merely hit on the same they hit for the (laughs) same damage as a regular one and when they die I get a a tiny amount of money (laughs) I make my money back kneel before (laughs) my not losing value
0: okay uh, we have a special special section in this uh in this mahawk guide exclusively about commanders. We have tried to talk more and more about like which commanders are good for who but mahawk that is crazy important because you are on the hunt yeah. you are looking for commanders and and it, it, the way I talk about mahawk having not played them is you start the game not knowing what your faction is yet. And then you look at the other right. factions of the table and you go, okay, what is my faction actually going to be if I can pull off getting the right command counters? And that is even that's a step because I know that oftentimes getting the command counters can be its own very difficult chore. So you don't get to just plan for like, oh, I'm going to be a Sardac Titans mahawk." It's like, well, you might not ever win against the Titans. It's possible. So right. all that in mind, wh- what are we doing with Imperia and and commanders? And what are we on the hunt for? What do we like? Do we like it all? Right, right. So first thing
1: I want to call out, I've got I've got several um, several kind of ways to group them all together. Uh, but the first thing I want to say is that Gamma Mama, uh, the Sardak commander, uh, who's named Gamma Mama, and that is that is the canonical name yes. for the Sardak commander, um, allows us obviously to pull off an approximation of Sardak's whole thing. Uh, and in the case where you get it early, is maybe the only one where I would consider investing. In Crimson Legionnaire Two, am I saying that Gamma Mama is uh, fantastic? Yes, in all cases, <laughs> of course. Am I saying that Mahak should just play completely around it if you start with it? I didn't really get to have that game, but it sounds fun to me, bro. <laughs> I don't know, it could be cool. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about Gamma Mama. It rules. Um, yeah, let's get let's get to the. our categories here this first category i'm calling uh always relevant um these are these are commanders that in a vacuum i think will always be good for you a lot of them i'll just go ahead and say are the little economic ones because you could always use a little more money you're 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 thirsty you're you're like a gas uh you're like a hummer okay (laughs) guzzling gas you got a lot a lot of that going on okay so first one up is nomad commander gives you a free flagship your flagship Kind of good, pretty good. If you get it for free, it's awesome. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, Second, Barony. Sustain damage for a trade good. If you go Dread 2, this is even better. I would get it in a vacuum, though. If I've got anything with sustain, I might as well get a trade good for it. Who cares? Right. Um, And remember, with all these commanders, you're also getting a command token. So this isn't so much about like saying whether you should or you should get everyone's commander you should you should win a combat against every single player this is more just breaking it down into maybe a priority of which ones you go after first right um so titans commander you get a trade good when you produce obviously the earlier you get that the better uh easier said than done because it's titans yeah um You get a trade good for doing the secondary. This is a little bit of bad synergy, though. This does not work with the agent because of how it is worded. You have to spend a token in from your strategy pool in order to get the trade good. So when you do the agent, uh, I believe that that does right that does not apply to when you spend someone else's from reinforcements. Right. Um. Milti, correct. Yeah.
0: Yell at me if that's wrong, but I I am yeah, like it, nearly positive that that's correct.
1: Pretty sure that's bad synergy. Might not. Look out for Arata next week. Um, okay. We've got Isarl. Look at uh, another player's secrets, action cards, whatever. It's almost always going to be secrets, so I'll just call it look at other people's secrets. Of course, that's always going to be good. You may as well get that. Yeah. Um, Winu, plus two to combat rolls on Mechatol Rex and the home system. This one is probably objectively the best one you could get. A lot of times, Winu won't give out their alliance, right? Because that's too good, and also it hurts Winu. Yeah. But since this isn't a deal they have to agree to, if you can pick up Winu's commander, that's really good. That's great. Yeah. Um, Necro, gain an action card when you tech. Of course, obviously. Good. Get it early. Earlier, the better. Um, NRA, explore planets you take from other players. Fine. Not... That exciting, but also not bad. Um, Argent, roll extra ability dice. Um, Good,
0: yeah. Uh, Good
1: for bombardment, good for PDS, good for anti-fighter The main argument
0: you made to me, Hunter, earlier is that upgrades seem to be the biggest thing. So in almost any path we went, we probably went destroyer 2 or we probably went dread 2 in most cases. And so both of those are increased by this. And even if you found a way to do the PDS mahawk that we didn't, Argent, Argent Commander just rules. Uh, and and the fact that they don't have to give it to you is... That is that is the underlying note to all of this is you didn't have to ask for it. <laughs> right. You got it. You just picked it up.
1: Yeah. yeah. You just did a little work and got it done. Um, And then last for always relevant is Jolnar, uh, which is re-roll ability yeah. dice. Obviously, combo is really good with Argent, right? Get both of those right. and ugh, you're going to be fearsome. And I would say if there is a PDS Mahawk is probably built around Those two. the combination of both both of them um which maybe we'll do an episode sometime in the future where we just break down how PDS Mahawk might or might not work right. um okay second category only has one uh thing in it which is hardly a category but um I would say if you're going dreadnought 2 the L1 no planetary shield uh commander real good
0: yeah. want to get that not uh, worth I it prob- if you're not going dreads though don't go yeah. don't go fishing for the L1Z1X <laughs> I mean, unless you just want the fleet pool, that's fine. But yeah. the, my fear here is if you do it without it getting its use, you have an angry L1 because you fought them and killed some of their stuff. And they're mm-hmm. going to punch harder than you at certain sure. s- phases of the yes. game. So that's the one where like, maybe don't go for it unless you see the benefit in front of you. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I totally
1: agree. And And if you're not going Dread 2 and you pick this up, well, I was kind of thinking War Suns would be a good place for you to go, and this doesn't help. I mean, War doesn't Suns already goes past yep. Planetary Shield, so it doesn't do anything. Um, so next one, I've got two for you. This is uh, for if you go to the fighter path, which is not necessarily my favorite path, but it's one that it seems like a lot of people uh, tend to like. But obviously, Nalu is relevant. Um, you basically get one extra fighter for free, and it doesn't count to production capacity. The Cabal Commander is also pretty good for this. Produce two fighters or infantry. um, in excess of your production capacity so it's also good for you know our crummy home system getting past that yeah i would say in in the cabal case because of the infantry as well that one might just be good across the board yeah. for you like because of our home system being there right um that's probably always pretty good i put it in the fighter path because that's a special consideration good luck whatever, winning a
0: fight against the cabal yeah i'll uh-huh. say that much <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's totally fair. And also, like people are going to be like, "Why are you fighting the cabal? Yeah. <laughs> like, stop feeding them. They're killing stuff and getting more stuff." Right. Um, okay. So these last, uh, this last group, these are the nothing burgers. These are the ones that I can't really think of why you would need these. So there's there's no rush. You're yeah. going to get them, but there's not really. Is I don't really see how important it is. Um, ghosts, uh, commander, which is get a fighter when you move through a wormhole. Obviously. Maybe you will be relevant if you have a lot of wormholes in your slices. or something. I don't know, man. Um, Arborec, uh, you produce when somebody else activates one of your units with production. Only applies to space stocks. Um, Some people really like this. I don't really care. Either way, it's okay. It's not great. Mentak. Uh When you win a combat, you get promissory note uh, from that player. Uh, I feel like the idea with this for mentac is to attack the same player over and over. We don't really care about attacking the same player over and over. We want to win. A, we we want to win one combat against a player and then kind of move on to the other player. So this kind of works against our whole logic here. Imperian, um, get your command token back when ships move into the system where you're at. I'm paraphrasing all of these by yeah, the way, yeah, so yeah. don't get too mad at me. Um,
0: so. Um, uh, I don't even know. I, I don't know what to say it, about that. Empyrean uh, is you the funny the one because it's, so. it's it's fine. It's good. But it is worth yes. mentioning that it is technically less important for you than any other faction. You can right. remove command tokens so you're not like if we're talking about a situation where you're like paying people to like leave you a destroyer to go kill. Don't pay Empyrean for this ability. You, yeah. you don't need it. So you should you are only getting it because you no, you can find a fight to i mean empyrean's leaving destroyers around all over the place anyways yeah, it's, so go pick it off sure go get it but absolutely don't make it a part of some sort of transaction
1: yeah yeah i i don't think i don't think it's important and it, it's very gettable you'll just get it automatically so it's not it's not that big of a deal um sar you produce your fighters at like the, any of your space docks. probably gonna have two or whatever this is not very important yin the Yin Commander will be cool, so it's a green skip. Plus, you get some free infantry when you produce the green skip. Will be all right if you could get it really early, which you can't, because Yin almost Yin yeah. doesn't unlock this for a long time. Right. So by the time they unlock it, it will be r- irrelevant. And remember, it has to be unlocked for you to use Im- the Ability. Imperia thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Extra uh, voting stuff, not important. Hakan as well. Spending trade goods on votes, not super important. We start with predictive. So I mean maybe if you end up getting both of those, mm-hmm. you could become like a powerhouse or whatever. Uh, but I would not say naturally it's very important. In a vacuum, I probably don't care. Um, soul, get one infantry uh, whenever a ground combat starts. I think it's defensively, right? Yeah, it, or can- it has to be on a planet
0: you control, so you cannot use yeah. it massively.
1: Yeah, that's actually okay. I kind of put it in nothing burgers just because, like, whatever. Um, I could see situations where maybe you need uh, that little bit of oomph, but I would, I, I would, I wouldn't say it feels like a priority compared to anything economic. Yeah. Yep. Okay. There we go. Just talked about like every commander. (laughs) We've been doing that a lot
0: recently, where it's like we're gonna we're gonna just do the highlights. Then it's like, no, we need to talk about every. Well, we we gotta talk about them all.
1: (laughs) I want I want newer players to be able to get the points that we're making. I don't want to use a lot of shorthand. I want I want people to understand everything that that we mean.
0: Okay, uh, so we are a faction that sounds like we are on the move, especially in the final round. Uh, In the early game, is there room for exploration? in our wheelhouse are we an explore e faction
1: yeah okay so um i believe i hope we're right here Scanlink doesn't work when we use the commander right so if we if we're gonna try and uh use scanlink to sort of like extra explore in the late game yeah uh it sort of works but it also sort of it's sort of a, a little expensive so it's you would activate yourself scan link, you would use the commander, and you don't get a scan link, and then you could scan link again. Yes. Um so that's very expensive, what I just described. Right. That's four right. command types. Uh, and that
0: might be an, a new piece of information for some people. The the yes. wording of Ilnavira set is during your tactical activations, you can activate the systems if you do return it and end your turn. And that very specifically does not include the timing of after activation, which is when scan link is. Uh, and, and we have a ruling from Dane that that clarifies that you cannot scan Link after il Navira set. Uh, I want to take this time, we're going to talk about this more later, but I want to, because that's so weird and might, people might be like, no, 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 that's, not, that's against the conventional wisdom! I agree. We actually have been working on getting some clarity on a bunch of weird rulings, and it stinks that we're doing the Mahakt guide before we did the thing we're going to do, which is like a rules clarification episode with Dane here soon like very very soon we're going to have some sort of episode where we get to talk through some of the messiest stuff that POK introduced and Dane's going to have an opportunity to set the record straight and we won't it sounds like, have an official living rules reference that goes along with this, but Dane knows that there are some outstanding rulings that need help including things like this. So keep an eye on the feed for that eventual episode in the next coming weeks. I I don't have a date for it yet.
1: Yeah. So that is to say, essentially my point is that uh, ScanLink will help us um, explore a little extra if we're trying to dig up a extra attachment or something like that. Uh, But it's not like a, it's more like something, uh, it's less like an advantage and more like something you you would maybe have to do in order to try and score Uh a point. Um, I would not do it just for raw value of fragments and stuff. So I would say uh, scan link overall not super great for us and i would rather not kind of go down that route ra- route as far as exploration goes you already start with a yellow so unless you're planning on going deep into yellow Scanlink uh doesn't add to that momentum uh det is okay um there's gonna be games where you gotta research it anyways because yep. you don't want to get anti-mass or whatever um so i'd say in those situations go for it get get right. det and and do a little bit of uh
0: det stuff okay well then let's get into real stuff since exploration was such a wet fart uh how about (laughs) our our victory point potential what stuff it's really convenient that we just wrapped up a bunch of victory point conversations we now have some distinct categories we can talk about when we talk about uh victory points so so from economic to control to tech to other components where where does mahawk land yeah, so let's talk about economic
1: points, your your spendies, your spend objectives. I feel like we're not so good uh, at that. In the trading section, we kind of established that we've got a lot of potential energy that I feel like isn't quite being capitalized yet, and I'm cur- encouraging players to try and fix this problem. We want to take trade, the trade strategy card, a lot. Um, but that means if if a lot of spendies come out, we don't have a lot of natural momentum to just be ahead on it so i would love to take trade and i would love to uh have a lot of money but a lot of that is stuff you're just going to have to figure out and 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 we don't have a lot of uh natural ways to get ahead um i don't think that crimson legionnaire one slash two plus the agent does not make us uh rich yeah. essentially yeah. so i i would say we're not so great at that and we would
0: like to fix The The big the big way I would define it is less just like not being good at it. You can be good at it, but you're sacrificing your other things that you need. We need plastic on the board. And so to spend the eight resources on the point is eight resources. We didn't spend on plastic that we have a higher need for than other factions. And so you can do the economic objectives, but it hurts your soul more. (laughs) It feels dirty. Totally. Totally. Um, So let's talk about control
1: points. Uh, if we've got th- I think this is our our favorite section. Yeah. Um, if we've got the plastic, then we've got basically I would say a healthy shake at, at all of them due to mostly the versatility of the commander, uh, plus a little bit of the hero whenever that is relevant for those big uh, stage two ones. Yeah. Um, so like the most obvious stage two control would be like getting inside someone else's home system. Like benediction really helps you do stuff like that because you can right. move the fleet out. Um, But yeah, I would say control is definitely in our wheelhouse. I would love for it to be for me to play as Mahawk. um, And then I fix my economy and plastic situation, but not have the spendies come out, just have control objectives come out. And I'm just ahead of my neighbors.
0: Uh, and making more money than them, and having more plastic than them. I, I would that say would be es- a great game. I would say, especially too, this is this is like your late game swing potential. Is these control objectives right. where you know we're not the we're not always the stalliest faction, but the idea that like the example of like I'm gonna take a home system. If I take a home system. First off, as I take that home system, if it's someone I've never fought before, but I won the home system, I gained your token. If I invaded with a mech, I have a Star Lancer. If you try to retake your home system, I just tell you no and I hold the system. That's the powerhouse of what you can do with control objectives and the sort of very much like you can stake your claim and stay there and and be impregnable once you, uh, once you land somewhere. Um, early and mid game maybe you're setting yourself out of position too much if you rush for these so it's a little bit of like we don't want to do early economic points and we don't necessarily want to do all of the early control points so we don't like scoring any points in round two and three Is kind of the the vibe i get from all of this yeah we don't love it i also want to mention that
1: uh some of the like intimidate style um control objectives the ones where you just have to like be somewhere populate the outer rim Uh stuff like that um is good for us it's just good for other players to be encouraged to spread out their ships so that we can pick off easy fights and stuff like that true um so that's another another way that it's good for us let's talk about tech points uh yucky don't like them we start with one green and one yellow uh and we mostly need to go towards blue or red to get our unit upgrades so uh don't love it yeah Uh, i don't want to have to i mean it's it's i will say this the only thing I, i i can be happy about with it is like we're always going to want to solve our tech problems so like hopefully in solving that we will qualify ourselves for some tech points but if they come out round one i mean if it's two and two colors and two unit upgrades round round one as your reveals that's gonna be a bummer i do not want to have to get uh two and two uh two unit upgrades even i don't want to have to sprint for it i guess um so yeah i don't know kind of rough i'm not really sure what else to say about it they're just they're just not fun Um, other components. Okay. Um, this, these are like your, your spend command,
0: uh, counters. These are like structures, have a bunch of dreadnoughts, have, have a lot of fleet pool. Hey, we love that. That stuff's cool. Yeah, that's cool. We, We,
1: so we have some advantages, I feel like in this, uh, category, um, banking, uh, command counters is something we're going to do automatically so is s- galvanized the people comes out as a stage two we probably already are well ahead mm-hmm. on that bad boy um we can follow construction without activating ourselves which we've said many times we love that um so uh structure is not too bad um scan link still doesn't work with our commander so boo um so yeah attachments can be a little rough uh structures can be okay not too bad uh, command counters, fleet pool type stuff, easy peasy. Yeah, yep. uh, not too bad to do. So yeah, we're the, the. I would say control points and other components are both two categories yeah. where we do a little bit better.
0: Right. Or, th- or at least there's potential to. We don't get anything for free, in my opinion. But if yeah. if we're looking at that scoring order, this is the one that you can hopefully accomplish. This is what you should be able to accomplish in in the early and mid game. Um, While you're holding off on control and economic points, you are doing these other component things because generally you can probably pull them off now that some of them are gated by construction timings and things like that. But still, you can somewhat focus on that while also improving your plastic advantage until you need to go do control objectives and then finish out on economic points or whatever.
1: Yes, very true. Let's talk about secret objectives. So um, I'm going to kind of just I'm not going to we're not going to talk about every single one of them. We're just going to talk about a few of them. Uh, that I think have some notable Mahawk stuff, uh, agenda phase ones, uh, are not so good, but you do have predictive. And so that helps. So I have to give you like a little bit of a point, um, on the agenda phase stuff. Uh, all of the battle secret objectives, I would say are normal. Not really anything I can think of that feels exceptional one way or the other. We do of course get, uh, I would say more opportunities in the late game to kind of combo battle objectives because of our commander. Yeah so maybe what i would say is you get an action phase secret as mahawked maybe this is an old school keep it till the last round kind of deal and yeah. build build towards it um that's something the promissory note ones uh we are at a bit of a disadvantage for because we do not have an alliance and our faction promissory note is not one uh where the where it ends up in a play area right so betray a friend we can only do that on our support partner um And I guess ditto for the other one where you just like have a a promissory note from somebody else. The problem is it's
0: hard to trade for those things, right? You want someone else's thing in your play area and you have mm -hmm. nothing to offer them in exchange for that. So you have to find weird other ways of buying their stuff. And that and that stuff is always difficult because everyone knows that these secrets are out there. So unless they're getting that equitable trade of like alliance for alliance, people are are much less likely to just give you their trade convoys or whatever because they know that it's probably Mm -mm. worth a secret objective for you
1: yeah that's true um so in metas where there's not a lot of support swapping you could be in real trouble when it comes to any promissory note um secret objectives you get into but if you're in i mean this the support will will do somewhat i mean i i I never like being forced to do betray a friend than the nasty way i'd always i would always rather do it a way that doesn't cost me a point but whatever um Mech on four different planets is kind of good for us. We like the idea of spreading Star Lancer around and having a lot of different potential systems where we could use that ability. Um, And my last note is own two faction tech is poison. Throw it in the trash can. (laughs) Burn it down. Uh, We do not
0: want to receive it. I do not want to see it's it. It's so okay? funny because it's only it's 2 tech. We have to do nothing else. Like it it is the most basic tech path. We start with a green, we get a green, which is one of them, we get another we get the other. It's so easy to uh-huh. get it. But there's such bad abilities that and out of the way of doing anything actually good for us that it's just such a pain in our in our backside.
1: It's a shame too cuz that's normally an easy one for most not all factions, but for plenty of factions getting to if I draw that one I'm like, "Oh, cool. I was probably wanting to get those anyways, but not I it's this is a is this the only faction I feel that way about I'm not sure this might be the only faction in the game where I look at both their faction tech and I'm like nah go go <laughs>
0: bye uh, they are dismissed we are and we will 100% get errata of like no man you're you're sleeping on the mahawk faction I don't tech. mind I'm, I'm I'm ready for it give get, get me it that's
1: that's why I'm making my case here yeah uh, so those predict uh, not predictive uh, what is it called G- the genetic the- recombination yeah, so so those stands can come out and say, hey, uh, I, I love it, and here's why. Give me that. Right, I'm down. Right.
0: Uh, um, let's get in the weeds now. Uh, we've, a little bit, we've yeah. We talked about victory points, but we, we addressed earlier that Mahakt has some messy interactions because they are the most game-breaking faction in the game. In, totally. in base game, Dane used to complain about how much Necro was a, a thorn in his side vis-a-vis rules, and having to come up with new wordings or, or uh, <laughs> FAQs on interactions. And Mahawk is the new Necro uh, and maybe yes. worse. So yep. Hunter, give me, give me some of those uh, clarifications.
1: So this is our final section for uh, the guide. Um, and for this section, I want to sort of build uh, just like, let's think about Mahawk in terms of a situation where we are set up to win or you know either claim the victory or we've kind of already got it in our pocket Um, and how do we talk about the commander the hero and the mech in that type of situation Um, and also what are the weird exception (laughs) things that we need to talk about so first we'll talk about the mech because it's the easiest to spell out um, because it is good but it is not foolproof it will allow us to protect our home system slash important planets uh, but it is fairly limited the player who activates our star star lancer will now have their command token on that system they will gain their command token that uh, th- in our fleet pool. They'll gain that back, and they can put it wherever they want. Um, so it doesn't really hurt their economy. For this reason, it is only a super relevant ability in key moments like the last round, and importantly, can even be sidestepped by things like the warfare primary, unexpected action, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which, actually, I don't even know what those et cetera's are it, off the it, top of my head.
0: But Well, just, and like, I mean, sometimes Empyrean stuff, right? The idea... That we're stopping an action is a big deal. Uh, there's just mm-hmm. so many ways to deal with that these days that what what in base game would have been a powerhouse of an ability feels right. like it gets knocked down a peg a little bit. And and like you said, you didn't hurt their economy any. Um, if if you're not holding a planet that is critical to their success, they'll get their command token back and they will go find a new place to go pull off the third tech skip that they need or whatever. Right. Um, but
1: that yeah, that's it for Star Lancer. I like Star Lancer a lot. Um, I feel like it is not the, the the magic fix that I want it to be. and It's like, it's like null field, but yeah. it just doesn't hurt enough. It, it should hurt a little more. So let's talk about commander. It allows us to go uh, perform a full-on nomad-style parade, but it costs a lot of command tokens, so we have to be ready for it. You need to have a big old stack of command tokens on your sheet in that final round, but if you do this, uh, it's great for wind slaying, and it's great for picking up difficult objectives in the last round. Speaking of Winsley, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk for a while about Benediction. What can it do and what can't it do? Well, it helps you move a giant fleet out of your way if you need it to move uh, on your last round while you're doing your parade, the Mahakt parade with the commander. Uh, double points if you move that fleet into a system that that player has already activated. So you move an unactivated a fleet into a system that has been activated by them effectively locking it down that's a really good cool use of benediction um it can also move uh important fleets out of mechatol rex or another player's home system which is when you get into uh windslaying let's clarify some stuff about benediction though so only ships move no ground forces move unless they are in space yeah so if someone's left left some things in space, then that will move along. Otherwise, no. Um, and everything is not set in stone yet with what I'm about to say, but Benediction uh, right now cannot be used in regards to nebulas. You cannot <laughs> move them. Uh, you in can move two, out of a nebula. You can move
0: out. You cannot move into a nebula because rules is written. Nebulas cannot be moved into unless it is the tactical action move it's the active it has to be the active active system system is the basically the idea and we're not activating a system with benediction so nebula doesn't get to be moved into this could change this is a thing that's causing a lot of problems and is weird uh the other thing to think about too is benediction technically doesn't have an active system but that's one of those things where dane has explained to us where it's like either either a ruling goes one way or the game breaks completely yeah you have to treat the system that is it, having benediction happen somewhat as the active system or else combat doesn't get to occur. It, it, right. it's the weirdest stuff. I really don't want to get lost in the weeds, but just you for now, for right now in this, the early parts of 2021, you cannot benediction into a nebula. Also the thing we said earlier about like ground forces, you can't pick up ground forces with benediction. That's super weird and kind of goes against a lot of how movement works. It's because it's other people's stuff. If it's you, the Mahawk moving your stuff, you actually can pick up your ground forces. It, it, it goes against all logic. It defies the words that sit on the page themselves. You can't lift other people's ground forces from their planets, but you can lift your ground forces from your planets. Also, oh, the last boy. little thing is if you move someone else into you... You are the defender in that combat, technically, and they are the attacker in that combat. Weird for the way that different abilities and timings. That's another thing that's going to get just like even more big clarifications, and 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 all that's to say, those clarifications haven't been made yet. So like, I don't know, man. Your group can do whatever you want to do, but what I what I have been told is coming are those clarifications or changes or whatever.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I feel like we haven't spelled this out well enough with Benediction. Uh, command counters do not matter yes. with Benediction. It doesn't. You're moving stuff right. regardless of any command counter stuff. You can move. You can move yourself out of a system where you have a command counter down, which is like a cool. I think a cool way to use it is take your use Benediction to to get your main big fleet out of a system that's locked down into a system that isn't so that on your next uh, action, you can move them again. Um, It's a clever way to just like save some uh, command counters instead of uh, using the commander over and over. Yeah. Okay. Last thing. Um, In regards to Benediction, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with essentially everyone. Everybody (laughs) get in here. Okay. If If you're out there, get in here. Everybody get in my house right now because I have a bone to pick with you when it comes to the mahawked hero, because the meta, and this obviously is, this is just a me and Matt thing in our lives thing. Your meta might be different, whatever. I don't yeah. care. Um, the meta right now is basically that this is a great slay ability, but if you are mahawked, um and you, you do not, <laughs> like, let's say you're mahawked and you don't have a chance at winning yourself, it kind of creates a weird situation. Do I save the hero for myself on the off chance that we are going to make it to another round. Like, let's say we've got our probably winner. The table saying, hey, Mahat, use benediction so that we can win, slay this person. But it's not going to do anything for you. It's just going to extend the game. Do I use it for the sake of the table and just allow the winning players, like, neighbor or, like, somebody else to win instead? Am I win-making? What do I do? I want to use this for myself. Do I want to use it for the table? And I'm going to throw a gauntlet right now the mahawk hero does not belong to the table yeah. it belongs to the mahawk player all right um whoever's playing mahawked, they get it they can do whatever they want with it obviously this is just true anyways i'm not just saying things that are obviously true but if i guess the point here is if you expect the mahawk player to use the hero for the sake of the table outside of being compensated right. or or for any that for any gain of their own, to, they're just supposed to use it for the table. I think that's a little pointless. Yeah. Because you can't expect someone to just have something that like that's that good, and that they just have to use it kind of for free for the sake of everybody else. I think it kind of makes everything a little silly. Yeah. Um. So I think if you are the Mahawk player and the table wants you to use Benediction on their behalf. You need to get paid you need to get some stuff for that you need to get some sort of reason to stay in it obviously if you have a chance of winning this round then yeah just participate in the win slang like that's what you need to do in order to win sure but if you're if you're not in it and you're just kind of like why would i do this uh get some money get something get get compensated for it don't get like just kind of pressured into using the hero even if it's not going to help you win instead of just going to decide that somebody else wins and i will say this if you are the other player and you accuse any mahawk players of being win makers or win making because they don't want to use the hero to stop the player in the lead i will personally <laughs> arrive to your game via helicopter and i will appoint myself the mahawk player's lead defense attorney for their case in win making court, which is like a TV show I'm pitching. Win making making court. Win-make Court. Well Was this win making? Is it win making? I am your defense attorney, okay? If you if this is happening to you, call me, all right? I'm a public defender on behalf of all Mahawks that do not want to use their hero for the
0: sake of the table, all right? Call me. I, I will extend this to some Krius players out there and Muot players as well, but Benediction is certainly the biggest uh, thing here here's the reality of this game is there are intense ridiculously major wind slaying and wind making tools at our disposal that goes for support for the thrones as well with forever we've had long conversations about what to do about support for the throne is the 10th point and benediction is the same thing and we have to f- push the meta to pay for abilities and i will I, I just no longer will stand behind arguments of but if you don't do it you lose anyways or whatever i don't care Pay for abilities to be used. That is your yeah. job as a table. Find a way to make it useful. Otherwise, don't get mad when the player doesn't want to do it because they haven't you're found dead. the win for themselves. They, they owe you nothing. Right. And if they are getting mad and, and you're mahocked, anyways, I'm
1: not extending this to uh, muat players at this time or ghost players at this time. <laughs> I will consider I, we will reconsider. But I am your I am your defense attorney. I will be a helicopter show up at your house or or digital helicopter and show up to your digital house all right and I will represent you in winmaking court right now I'm not afraid I'm not afraid to do it
0: yeah. all right Gauntlet Throne he serves the people okay that's it that's mahawk it's the it's the weirdest it's i mean that that I'm last done. point it's done it's done I've you finished. did it, hunter you never ever have to play i, my Haw- I have to tell you Yay. how rewarding it is to never have to play the faction that you've been butting your head against ever again i never had yeah. to play base game extra ever again and it was so rewarding it felt so good i feel good yeah congratulations I feel real good good job yeah that's awesome and and you know what i like i liked that i think i think all
1: of that i think all of that made sense I hope okay so. I think it did and and let us know let us know what you think yeah i'm you know you I'm know what and say, if you disagree do
0: I'm, i'm i'm just really sorry i'm really sorry if you disagree <laughs> i'm really sorry i just I we feel have a, so we bad. have apologies prepped
1: we have apologies <laughs> prepped right now we have us. we have a whole team of apologizers okay in the other room Writing apologies for future episodes. Yep. We're very excited yeah. to show you some of these apologies. We've got some good apologies I, coming I,
0: up. I, I want to apologize to our Weird Bears, Farganess, TG Welch, Brian, <laughs> Bot Bot, Kaluin, Squeamish, Emu, Sanaletto, Mate Nason, John, R.Y.'s, Absol, Ponchadori, Astoria, and Bro Duel. And I want to apologize to our Little Peace Turtles, Nader Patience is <laughs> a Virtue, Gaskio, Dark Jutsu, Brave Sir Robin, Uncle Batty, Frank G. Carnal. My son is also named Bor, Anvilier, samly Alice, and Kraken. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. So second round galactic council poll is out two choices, uh, for it. Just to remind everybody, the new galactic council, uh, episode era, uh, me and Matt do not prep an episode. We write nothing. We just turn the microphones on and we start talking. Um, so your first option, uh, this is, you get to only vote for one of these. Uh, first option is what faction is everyone sleeping on? This will be a fun called shot. Yeah. Um, and then the second option is Matt and Hunter improv a homebrew faction. Really want we do not one. discuss it at all. I want that all. to win so
0: bad. Please. We're just
1: going to make one up. Please. Okay. I want a homebrew It'll be faction. cool. It'll be cool. Um, Homebrewers Guild. I want more faction promissory notes. We've gotten the, the call has been put out there. I'm seeing a lot more of them. Um, I will, next time you hear from us, I will give you the date for the next Homebrewers Guild stream. Um, speaking of which um let's talk about stream schedule uh,
0: yeah let's talk about twitch. let's talk about stream tournament schedule. this weekend is saturday april 24th at 9 utc on the flat tomatoes twitch saturday um, basically immediately after that game april 24th at 18 utc or if for some reason flat tomatoes game goes over nine hours from the start of the actual stream we will delay. This is the running theme. It hasn't happened yet, but that's the running theme of these back-to-back doubleheader games is we will not start one game on top of the other one. I want you all to see right. the end of the last game before we start. So we will delay, but so far has not been an issue. We've not gone over that nine-hour window. That'll be on the Space Cats channel. And then Sunday, April 25th at 14 UTC, back on the Space Cats Peace Turtles Twitch. So that's your tournament. Yeah. That is games 16 through 18. So we're yeah. getting that that'll put us this coming weekend will put us halfway through the prelims.
1: Yeah. And on that April 25th um game that will be me streaming uh, along with special guest uh, Stads Woo! who has been streaming some of our qualifiers um so he's going to co-commentate with me. Uh super excited about that. So one extra thing uh that, that we're going to do that's pretty fun. Um if uh if you missed it uh last uh Friday the 16th um, I did a stream of Disco Elysium Final Cut with uh, one of the writers. It was really fun. Uh, we played just a newer section of the game that um, this this person, uh, Justin K., uh, actually wrote um, some of the quest line that we were playing, and it was super cool. It was very fun. It's a great game if, if you haven't checked it out. Um, and it inspired me to just decide that every Friday for a while um, at around 6 p.m. Uh, Central... I am going to stream uh, a playthrough from start to finish of me playing Disco Elysium. I've been wanting to play this game and actually finish it. Um, There's a lot of new updated stuff that came out. It is a it's a beautiful game. I will say this though. So this is a we do not swear on the show, um, and we know that you know some like 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 kids listen to this and like people listen to it with their families. Um, Disco Elysium is an adult game for adult people, and it's got adult uh, themes and stuff. Um, so it is, it's, it can be pretty intense. Um, I would say that there's definitely, uh, some content in there that I would, uh, that I would definitely be an adult for is yeah. what, how I would put it. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to start doing that on, on Fridays. Uh, so this first, uh, you can watch me make my character and actually start, uh, my playthrough on Friday, April
0: 23rd. Uh, at 6 p.m. Central, 2300 UTC. Super excited. There's also going to be some more tournament games hitting the YouTube. Hunter is slowly catching up from the the cascade <laughs> that happened last week after one of mine messed up, but we're... We're getting there. It's just a barrage of YouTube videos. You can't stop us. I also would like it if you uh, went to Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star rating because I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. And please give me five (laughs) stars. I'm sorry. And you can go to SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles.com for information on how to join our Patreon and help contribute to the show. Hunter and I are both full-time with the show now, and we want to keep pushing that as far as we can uh, because uh, it will allow us to do more things, especially now that... COVID is starting to uh, lift restrictions. Uh, As 2022 starts to happen, there's going to be things we want to do, uh, and we can only accomplish those things through the Patreon. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter, at SpaceCatsPod. You can find our Discord on our website uh, and engage in all of the pre priorata for episodes, all of the post-episode discussion, all of the tournament going on. There's all sorts of stuff happening on the Discord. And finally, on our website, you can find our merch. We've got shirts and cups and basically anything. I mean, we put we put some art on Threadless, and you can put that art on freaking anything. But put Make us your living room rug. You can do that. I don't know why you would, but you sure can, buddy. I want to be your rug. Make me your
1: rug, please. I want to be your rug. Baba Booey, I want to be your rug, okay? <laughs> That's put that on a shirt. Okay. Put we, that on. Now it. we need a, Baba, yeah. a space cats Baba Booey shirt. Oh my God. And get Howard a little on. with a little actually, Howard Stern can't we can't get in trouble with him because it's literally a comedian on it's a different, on, it's a different sure. person
0: whose name is Baba Booey. I want I, guess, I want a shirt a that now. is a, a hodgepodge of all of the most obfuscated memes in our community so it's like it says baba buoy and there's like that manta ray symbol for the binks patch thing and like i just want this thing that that not only doesn't make sense but would be impossible or at the very least incredibly annoying to explain to anybody else so if you were wearing a shirt they'd be like what's your shirt and you'd be like uh how much time do you have um because i need you to listen to probably 60 hours of this podcast to be able to get it all um, and even listeners of the show are having trouble
1: keeping yeah. up with the memes at this point yeah. because, especially during tournament season, there's the show and there's the tournament and there's just all these things kind of going on at once and they all feed into uh, each other. It's a real multimedia uh, project. I always say we're we're a podcast about Twilight Imperium, but we're also kind of a lifestyle brand. Right. You know what I mean? You can really live us if you want. Um, yeah. Love it. Baba Booey. Okay. Keep it going. Keep it real. All right. Remember. If you're mahawked, I'm your attorney, all right?
0: I represent you. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum loriosum.